Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Who enjoyed last Sunday with Pastor Helen Monk? Yeah, incredible. I want to encourage you, if you uh, weren't here for that, go back and, and have a listen on, on SoundCloud or, or YouTube. It was, it was a great message and it was a great moment for us to be able to be uh, streaming in from home was was cool. I liked uh, you know how we change things up with our service dynamics too. I like, it's always good, yeah. Just uh, keeping things fresh. Um, who knows? I might do some of that myself today. I you know it's always unintentional when when I do it. Uh, but we are in a series on timing, which is funny given what I was just referring to. Uh, and and uh, really we've been talking about you know there's there's a whole lot of things in life uh, in which timing plays a really pivotal role. Would you agree? And today, really, actually, what I want to talk about is it's kind of related to timing in that I want to suggest that maybe today is the right time for us. But really, if I'm being honest, I'm kind of taking the moment to, in our series on timing, I feel like it's time for us to talk about uh, serving. And really, if I'm being honest, this is a sermon that I've had written for a while. Yeah, this is a sermon that, in fact, originally we intended to have this whole kind of day where we talked about serving and, and who we are as a church and what we do on the back of the big weekend and, and this whole thing set up for like early March as we launch into the year. But COVID came along and it, it kind of mixed up our plans a little bit. And so I've, I've had this sermon sitting kind of in, the, in, in my back pocket for a while and this conviction that it's a really important thing for us to discuss as a church. And I'll unpack that in a minute, a, a little bit more. But, but if I'm being honest, uh, in, the, in the last couple of weeks or, or couple of months, really, is outside of church, the way that churches conduct themselves and the way that churches do things, and, and especially serving in church, has kind of come to the, the front of some discussions. Maybe you're like, John, I've got no idea what you're talking about. That's fine. Maybe you're like, yeah, yeah, I've read all of those articles. That's fine as well, right? Wherever you are uh, on, on that spectrum. But, but I thought, you know, in the midst of all of this, I think it's really important that we talk about why we do what we do. Because there, there's a really big tendency, I think, in something like serving that if we're not intentional about the how and the why, it can become something totally other than what it's meant to be. Would you agree? It's good. All right. So if you're taking notes today, as you can see behind me, I have titled my sermon, A Time to Serve. No, there's a question mark, right? A Time to Serve? That's my question. A time to serve? I'm asking a question, right? That's, where, that's, that's what that's going for. Because really what I want to do today is I want to ask, what, what is serving to us? What do we as a community think serving is? What do we believe about it? And how do we do it well? And, and kind of before I go any further today, I really want to be crystal clear to start. Yeah, I want to be crystal clear that, that no one has to do anything. That they're here at Equippers, uh, in all of who we are, we seek to not be a community of compulsion. Yeah, that, that no one has to do anything to belong, to, to be a part of who we are. That for as long as you need, you can simply come and receive and you can be loved on and you can be encouraged. And, and, and yet we hold that intention with the reality that we do actually believe that serving is good for us. We do actually believe that, that living a life that is focused beyond ourselves is an essential part of following Jesus. And so kind of what I want to talk about today is, is how do we balance that tension of no one has to do anything, and yet we do believe this thing is really, really good for us. 
You know, it's been interesting in the last kind of 18 months or so that we've been in Christchurch, I've talked to a, a whole lot of you, and something that I've consistently heard is, is I really want to get involved. I'm really intending to get involved. I really am meaning to get involved. I just haven't got around to it yet. You know, I, I joined church and maybe you, I served for a season and then life got busy and I took a step back and, and that's fine. Or, or, you know, maybe unfortunately you served and you got burnt out and it was hard and you realized this is not a healthy place for me to be and you step back and, and it's kind of been a little bit of a break and, and you're intending to start again, but you just kind of haven't got around to it yet. And so part of what I want to do today is I want to clearly put action in our hands. I want to say in, in a world of consumerism and comfort, we can accidentally come to church with the same mindset that we come to the rest of life with. We can accidentally come to church with the, with the mindset of, I'm busy, what can you give me? And I understand that place to be, but I want to say the key problem with that is in doing so, I think we miss the very thing that we're after. And, and, and engaging with this community of faith as a product, as a service, as a thing to be consumed, we miss the life transformation. We miss the community. We miss the growth that we can experience in community. And so today, all, all I want to do is I want to invite you to think about what it means to you to serve. And, and really, I want to do so to, and, and like I said, I'm going to say I'm trying to be very clear. I'm trying to be very clear. So I'm going to say I'm trying to be very clear. Hopefully that makes it clearer, right? That's how communication works. But, but I do want to try and be clear that we are a church that believes in serving. And, and really, I, want to, I have two points today that I'm going to kind of circle around. The first one's the main one. It's going to be 80% of the message is we, we believe in serving because of what it does in us. And we also believe in serving because of what it helps us do. If you have your Bibles, uh, why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 20. Uh, we're going to read a few verses there. This is in the message translation because I love how Eugene Peterson kind of captures the, the, the rhythm of the moment. This is what it says. It was about that time that the mother of the Zebedee brothers came with her two sons and knelt before Jesus with a request. What is it? What do you want? Jesus asked. She said, Give your word that these two sons of mine will be awarded the highest places of honor in your kingdom, one at your right hand and one at your left hand. When the 10 others heard about this, they lost their tempers, thoroughly disgusted with the two brothers. So Jesus got them together to settle things down. He said, you observed how godless rulers throw their weight around, how quickly a little power goes to their heads. It's not going to be that way with you. Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. That is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for the many who are held hostage. When you bow your heads with me and, uh, and let's pray. God, we thank you for these moments as we come together. God, we acknowledge that, that something like serving in the current environment that we're in is, is a contentious topic to talk about. God, but I pray that as we talk about it, as we look at as what does the Bible say about it, as we look at and how do we do this well, that, that you would speak. God, I pray that today that I would not be convincing. God, that, that no one would, would do anything through sheer weight of, of the ideas that I present, but that today we would seek you and that we would encounter your conviction for us, God. God, that we would do what you call us into, that today in, in this room, to everyone listening online, that, that your peace your mercy and your grace would flow. God, thank you that you love us exactly as we are and you, you call us to something more. In Jesus' name, amen. So 
like I said, primarily, why do we serve, right? If we're talking about serving, I feel like that's kind of the, the quintessential question that we really, we, we have to turn to. And, and, and like I said, really, the, the crux of the sermon is, is simply the first point. There's, there's a bit of stuff that I'm going to add on at the second bit because I think it's helpful. But really, primarily, we serve because what serving does in us. Now, I, I love this passage in, in Matthew. It's, it's also recorded in Mark, but, but I love that in Matthew, there's this added detail that, that's captured that it's the mother of the brothers, James and John Zebedee, that comes to Jesus and, and she asks, essentially, can my sons be in charge? Right? She comes to them and she's like, look, when you're king of the world, will you make them second in command, one at your right and, and one at your left? She, she's, kind of, she's like that mum on the, on the sports field who wants their kid to be put in the key role. Has anyone ever encountered that mum? Maybe you've been that mum. Maybe you've been mothered by that mum. They're like, come on, put little Timmy in. Put Timmy in striker. You're like, madam, Timmy's got a broken leg. It's, it doesn't matter. He's going to be incredible. He can do it, right? I've seen him hobble. He hops like a madman. He's going to be incredible. They won't see him coming. Put him in. Put him in. Right? And so this, this lady, this mother of James and John, she comes to Jesus and she's like, look, I'm pretty sure you're going to do something incredible. I'm pretty sure you're going to turn the entire world upside down. When you do, can you put my sons in charge? Which is, I mean, she's being a good mom. But understandably, the other disciples get a little bit upset by this. Because here she is, she's kind of the perfect example of our, our natural way of thinking. How do I advance? How do I get ahead? How do I get the position of of honor. And, and so as she says this, the other disciples are like, well, I, wait a second. Why them? Right? Like, why, why, why did they? We've all been getting along. We've all been following Jesus. This has been a, a flat structure. We've all kind of had our bits that we contribute, but we're all equal in just following our, after Jesus. And then James and, and John, then your mom comes along and she asks Jesus if they get to be in charge. And, and so Jesus, you know, there's a bit of a disagreement, strong words, maybe some fisticuffs, who knows? And so Jesus brings them together and he says to all of them, not just the mother, but all of the disciples, because she says what they're really all just thinking. You have it backwards. You, you misunderstand. You think a seed of importance will make you great. But if you want to be great, and, and not great as others see it, right? Not great in comparison to others, not, not making others less so that you see more, but great as I have made you to be great. If you want real life, as Jesus says it in other places, become a servant. See, essentially what Jesus is saying is be like me, serve. When we read the Gospels, we need to understand that Jesus gives us continuously a living, breathing example of what it means to be truly human as God made us, to be who we really are meant to be, not the warped versions that we think we're meant to be. See, Jesus says things like this over and over again, like in, in Matthew chapter 23, 11 to 12, the greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Or, or Luke chapter 9, verse 23, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Take up your cross. That's like a, we, we, throw, that, we throw that phrase around all the time, like easy peasy, yeah? Like, ah, just come on, take up your cross. Because we fully have become desensitized to what that actually involves and means, yeah? Take up your cross daily is, is an intentional cho choice to sacrifice, an intentional placing yourself second. It means becoming a servant. See, what Jesus is alluding to here is that there is an essential rewiring that we are invited to pursue when we follow Jesus. That we are invited. We don't have to. 
Right? Our salvation is not, is not determined on it. Your, your status of welcome in our community is not determined on it. And yet Jesus invites us to be a part of it. And in contrast to that, there's something broken us that, that wants to do the exact opposite. The exact opposite of what Jesus invites us into. To put ourselves first, even at the expense of others. You know, I think it's important that we, we need to realize that in our natural selves, we're not naturally inclined to serve others, to, to put ourselves second. And, and maybe we're like, no, no, I, I look after my kids, like I clean up my house. There's a certain, you know, sphere of, of those that we're willing to, to pay a cost for, those that we're willing to, to do something for. But once it becomes someone outside of our kind of, our immediate bubble of people that we love and, and really who ourself is kind of expanded to, it gets harder and harder. Serving not just as an act of loving those who are close to us, but as an act of being a servant, serving for the beauty of serving. If I could say it this way, stepping into something of the character of Jesus, becoming a little bit more like him. And again, I want to say I'm not talking about being unwise and creating something unsustainable. Right? But I am saying that in the midst of that, of trying to do serving well, we also need to balance it with the reality that serving is essential for our health. It's essential for us to be humans well in the way that God designed it, that we be serving somewhere. And I do want to say, you know, I know that there's a variety of people in the room and, and online today. Maybe some of us have had experiences with serving in church and it's been hard and we've been hurt and we're like, I don't know if I can do that. I want to say, that's fine. God will meet you where you're at. In a minute, I'm going to talk about serving in church because if I wasn't convinced that it was a good idea, we'd be in a bit of trouble, yeah? Yeah. But, but I do want to say, if serving in church is something that feels too hard for you in this moment, that doesn't mean that, that you don't get the opportunity to serve. There are plenty of places in which we can serve, in which we can do something for nothing for those in our community outside of church. Church is a great place to do it. But I want to say, if you're not serving in church and that's a journey for you at the moment, can we be serving somewhere? Yeah, let's not be like, I've been hurt by church, so, so I count myself out of serving. If you've been hurt by church, let's process that and let's work through it. That's important. But also, let's not, let's not miss the, the life that is available to us in being a servant and still having an opportunity to be a part of what, what God is calling us to do, somewhere in which we can come into line with the example and character of Christ. And like I said, cards on the table. Of course, I think church is a great place to serve, Right? In fact, I, I think that nowhere is better. I think that you're building God's house. I think that it's holy work. That's the reason that, you know, all my life I've been involved in, in serving in church. Before I came on staff in a capacity in church, I led the church in Wellington for three and a half years without getting paid to do it because I believe in what we're about. I believe in what we're doing. Yeah, I think that what we are doing is, is holy work. And, and it would be weird. We'd be in an odd place if I was like, oh, I don't think it's a great idea to serve in church, right? This community would, would get dysfunctional pretty quick. But all that to say, as much as I think that serving in church is a great place, in fact, I think the best place to be serving in our lives, I want to stress we need to be careful. In fact, if, if you take nothing else away from today, I want you to understand that when we serve in church, it is essential, it is imperative that we are not serving to do a job, that we are not serving to, to fill a need. And I want to acknowledge that both of those things might happen, and that can be an amazing side effect of serving. That's very helpful. I'll talk about that in a minute. But they need to not be the reason. Yeah, we need to not be serving to, to do a job. We need to not be serving to fill a need because if they become the reason that we're serving to get a job done, to, to fill a need, then what is meant to be worship can become idolatry. 
And I think so much of the, the dysfunction and the hurt that we have with serving in church is because of this. Because what happens is, is we take a good thing and often it's not our fault, right? Like I'm not saying if you've been hurt by serving before that you just embraced idolatry and you're a bad, bad Christian. That is entirely not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that so often what can happen is we take a good thing and we start doing it for the wrong reason and it becomes an unhealthy ordering. As, as Tim Keller says, it becomes a disordered love. Something that might be innately good but is placed in the wrong place, it becomes a good thing for the wrong reason. And we start to seek meaning or worth or value from it and it will disappoint because it's not God. See, I wanna say very clearly, we don't serve for others and we don't serve as a life hack to get God on our side. I think this is the other one, right? We're like, oh, okay, I, I get how it works. Like we read this passage in Matthew, we're like, oh, the first will be last. If you want to be great, you've got to be a servant. We're like, oh, I, I figured it out. I figured out this Christianity business. I, I just have to, if I want to be the best, I have to start at the bottom. Yeah, I have to, I have to work my way up. Like, like in Monsters, Inc., they started in the mail room. It's a bit of a reference for any of the parents here who've watched uh, Monsters Inc. Uh, number two, Monsters University. Yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a dated reference, right? But man, I just have to, I have to start somewhere. I have to eat some humble pie, but it's going to be worth it when I'm the greatest. It's going to be worth it when everyone honors me, when, everyone, when I get to do the things that I think are important. Serving is not something that we do to become great. Serving is not paying our dues on the way to greatness. Jesus says that serving is greatness. This isn't some sort of like weird Christian undercover boss sort of thing where it's like, hey, come along and serve for a little bit. And then once you've been serving faithfully for a while, we'll do a big reveal. And it turns out that you're way beyond serving and now you get to do the fun things. Right? That's not how it works. That's not what we're about. Let, let, let me put it this way. At its best, serving is worship. What I mean by that is serving can be worship. That doesn't mean that it will be. And a part of what we want to do with today, with intentionally talking about serving, is, is we want to create a, a circuit breaker. Like, like I said at the start of this message, really, we want to do something like today once a year. Usually, we would aim to do it more at the start of the year, just so it would make more sense in terms of rhythms and stuff. But like I said, COVID. So we're just flexing our flexibility, and we're doing it when we do it, right? But we want to have a moment in the year in which we can pause and intentionally reflect on our serving. Not, not just to kind of say, hey, if you're not involved yet and you're one of those people I've been talking to, I've been meaning to do it for a while now and I haven't got around to it, that you can jump into serving. But that also, if you've been serving and you've been serving faithfully and diligently, but something has kind of gone a bit askew in the last little while and you realize, hey, actually, John, if I'm being honest, serving is not worship for me. I'm serving for the wrong reasons. I'm doing the right thing for the wrong reasons and, and it's starting to twist me up inside. The thing that used to be something that brought me joy, something in which I felt like, man, I'm contributing something to something beautiful is now something that I resent, that it would be a moment in which you could put down that which has become unhealthy. See, we're not just a church that says, hey, we want you all to serve, come and join us. We want you to serve in a way that is healthy, not because we're not doing serving to try and get a job done. If it was just about getting it done, then we'd be like, hey, look, we don't care how you find it. Right? Oh, it's unhealthy for you. It's toxic. It's hurting you. Oh, tough, right? Just pray a little bit more. That's not what we're saying. Right? We're saying we need to put something in, in our lives so that there is some intentionality about what we do. 
that if it has become something that was a good thing that has now become a good thing in the wrong place, maybe it's just simply a moment to go, actually, I've been doing this for the wrong reasons. I don't need to put this down, but I can be intentional about refreshing how I'm doing it and why I'm doing it, putting some, some better balances in place. Maybe I need to pull back a bit. Maybe I need to change from serving. Or maybe it's a moment in time to say, actually, this is a time for me to pause and to rest and to get into a place where I can do this in a healthy way again but that we would be intentionally about, uh, intentional about what we're doing so that we don't do the right thing for the, for the wrong reasons. And so really it's our intent that every year we'll have something like this in which we talk about serving in which everyone puts down what they're doing. That there is no, there is no rolling over, that there's just no doing it by a default because I've always done it and I really want to stop serving in this team, but I can't figure out how to have the conversation. Right, but there will be a moment where you go, no, look, you can put this down. If you want to pick it back up again, that's great. If you want to do something else, that's great. If you need to rest, that's great as well because it's our aim that no one would just roll over, that no one would just do the right thing for the wrong reason, but that we would choose because it's in the act of choice that we actually become a servant. You can be doing something and not be serving. You can be fulfilling a role and, and getting the job done, but not be embracing the character that Jesus has modeled. And we want to serve as an act of worship to be like Jesus, to in some way, shape, or form become a little bit more like him. See, from a theological point of view, I want to say Jesus' death on the cross removed the penalty of sin, yeah? But it's in our death to ourselves in serving that we continually remove the power of sin. Jesus died for us that removed the penalty of sin, but we live with the presence of sin. And so it's in our choosing to place ourselves second, to go against our flesh, to do something for someone else that might not benefit us in any way that we go against the power of sin in our lives. That we say, actually, I don't just do the things that I feel like doing. I don't just do the things that feel good. I'm not purely carnally driven. I get to decide what I do. I get to decide what I value. I get to decide what I choose to do, and I can choose to serve. I want to say when we serve, if we do it well, we bring ourselves to life. It's like spiritual CPR. It brings life into us. But again, only when it's done with the right motivation, not for people, not to fill a gap, and not some sort of way to pay dues to God, to trick Him into letting us graduate to some sort of secret level of Christianity but as a response to and in line with Christ, it brings healing. I wanna say as well that, that serving connects us to community. Again, you don't have to serve to belong. You're welcome to be a part of this community for as long as you need without doing a thing to contribute, right? Your, your value and your worth to God and to us is, is not predicated on anything that you can do. God loves you as you are. He welcomes you as you are, and we seek to do the same thing. We're going to mess up sometimes because God's God, and unfortunately, we are not. But we're going to do our best. And so you don't have to serve to belong, but the tension of that is often I've found for myself one of the best ways to belong is to serve. Time and time again, I'll talk to people who are thriving in community and they'll point to being in a team and developing friendships and doing something good together as being so important to their journey. You know, I know that's the case for me. Sometimes one of my favorite parts of a Sunday is the pack in and pack out before and after the service. Come on, it's a great team where we're just coming together where we're working together, where there's just a bunch of friends who are unloading boxes and, and clipping together screens and, and plugging things in in the wrong places, and then other people are having to come along and plug them in in the, in the right places, and we want to do it well, but it actually doesn't matter where we plug it in because it's not so much about doing the job. We want to get the job done well, 
as it is about doing it together, about serving together. You know, and some of us, maybe, maybe we talk more than, than is helpful and, and we could chat a little bit less and work a little bit more, right? So people have told me in constructive criticism sort of ways of like, Jono, you're not preaching right now. Could you just unpack the box? And I'm like, okay, sorry. Yeah, I can, I can do that. Right? Some of us could, could work more, chat a little bit less, but it's a journey. And in doing it, it's, it's one of the highlights for me of a Sunday because it's where relationship is formed. It's where we go beyond just the surface level conversations of the foyer of like, oh, hey, how was your week? How about this weather we're having? Isn't it fairly chilly? No, it's not, Jono. This is just Christchurch. Get over it already. Right? To where we actually have some real conversation about how things are going and, and where we're at. It's in serving in team that those sorts of relationships can be built. And so you don't have to serve to be in community, but please understand that one of the best ways to be in community is to serve. So number one, what does serving do in us? It helps us to become more like Jesus. And, it, it, and so I'd encourage you today that, that maybe, maybe God today is saying to you, serve because you need to. Not because there's a gap that you need to fill. Maybe you're like, man, I can only serve like once a month. I can only serve once a term. What can that do? It's not about what it can do for us, but it's about primarily what it does in us as we serve, as it's like spiritual CPR, as it brings us to life, as we choose to place ourselves second. And then the second thing that I want to turn our attention to, just as the band comes up, I'm almost done, is, is this, it's an interesting tension of what serving helps us do. Because it would be disingenuous of me to be like, oh, we only have opportunities to serve because serving is spiritual development. We only have opportunities to serve because it's good for you, you know? Like if it wasn't good for you, then we wouldn't do it because it actually is very, very helpful as well. There's actually an aspect of serving in which while we don't serve to get the job done, serving does get the job done. And if we pretend it doesn't, then we just end up in this weird kind of upside down, double speak sort of world. And I don't think that we want to be in that sort of place. And so what I want to say as well is, is primarily your motivation to serve needs to be as an act of worship, please. If it's not, then, then let us help you get to a place where you can do it as an act of worship, that it can be healthy so that it is worship and doesn't accidentally become something dangerous instead. But also when you serve, I, I want you to say, you matter. Again, primarily, you are valuable to God because you are you. Not because of anything that you do, not because of anything that you accomplish. You are uniquely created by God. You are invaluable because of who you are. You are a child of God. But I also want to say it doesn't just end at that. You are not just valuable because of who you are. You are not some sort of pretty ornament that God made to just put on his divine shelf and look at day after day. He designed you with a purpose. There is something that you can be a part of co-laboring with Christ to bring, uh, to, to, to bear on the world, that we get to be a part of, of being the church. And so while nothing we do can make us any more valuable to God because he already has put that, that primary value, value on us, there is a purpose. There is something that we can do, a, a thing that we can contribute that, that we are uniquely made to do, not just in church, but, but in the world. There are people that are only going to know God's love by the way that you show it. There's, there's aspects of the kingdom of heaven that are only going to be expressed here on earth in the way that you can express it. And there are aspects of who we are as a church that will only be expressed through you. You know, whenever we talk about serving, we so often go to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and, and it becomes a bit of like a, a proof text that, that anyone who's been in a serving message for a while kind of hears and they roll their eyes and go, yeah, yeah of course, I'm, I'm a part of the body and the body's important, whatever. But I do want to read it because I think that 
that there's merit in these words that maybe we miss in hearing it again and again. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me, in fact, uh, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're gonna read verses 14 to 21. Again, this is a message translation because I feel like the, the candor that, that, uh, that is in it hopefully peels back some of the layers of I've heard this before. It says this, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If the foot said, I'm not elegant like the hand embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body, would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like I, transparent and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? If all the body, if the body was all eye, how could it hear? If it was all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where He wanted it. But I also want you to think about how this keeps you keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you. Or head telling foot, you're fired. Your job has been phased out. As many times as we might have heard this before, I think it's a great illustration because it reminds us that we matter. That not only is serving good for you, but serving is also good for us. It's good for the world that what you bring and the way that you can bring it is unique and that every part of the body matters. You know, I love this portion of Scripture because so often we can feel like, man, I don't know if me doing something is gonna make that big of a difference. Like, John, I hear that maybe serving is, is good for me, but I don't mind if I take one on the chin and if I, I miss out, you know, like it's, I'm only hurting myself. I wanna say our motivation to serve is because it's the right thing to do for us. But if you're feeling like beating yourself up a little bit and you're like, I don't need to serve because who cares if I miss out? I wanna say that we miss you. That what you can contribute, what you can bring to who we are, not even in the doing the job, but just in the, in the conversations that we get to have in doing it, in the community that we get to form and, and being who we are, that it's important to all of us. I like the way that Paul contrasts the ear to the eye, because you know, if you're the ear, you might, you might get jealous of the eye. There's not, much, there's not that much attention the eye gets. Well, sorry, that the, the, the ear gets in comparison to the eye. No one's ever lovingly gazed into someone's ear, I don't think. If you have done that or if someone's doing that to you, maybe break up with them, that's a bit weird. Right, I've, I've never heard that beauty is in the ear of the beholder. No one's ever given anyone bedroom ears or, or had stars in their ears. No one's ever ever said to me, you know, you're the apple of my ear. In fact, the ear could so easily say I'm not important, but the, the irony, and you probably saw me building to this, is if the ear said that and the ear wasn't there, then there'd be no one to hear it. Right, every part of the body matters. And maybe you're here and you're thinking, man, but I'm, I'm no ear. Like, you know, at best I'm a pinky. Like, what, what can I do? What would me serving once a month, what would me serving once a time, what would my little contribution make? Well, other than it being essential to you and us saying, hey, we wanna invite you into it for your betterment because we're actually about equipping you. So that's the primary reason we're talking about it at all. Did you know that when it comes to grip strength, in the grip of your hand, your pinky contributes about 50% of grip strength. See, I wanna say that what we can think of as being insignificant isn't. 
that every single part matters, that we are a church in which everyone has a part to play, not to get the job done, but because we want everyone involved, because it matters to the heart of God and it matters in the body. And so I wonder what would be possible if we would recognize that that we matter to God, that He has given you gifts and talents, that you are valuable to Him just because you are, but that you are also an invaluable part of who we are. That the church isn't a place you go, but the church is who we are, that we are His hands, that we are His feet. You might be the elbow, you might be the pinky. I'm pretty sure I'm the gallbladder. Look it up, it's very important. But that we need you. What you can contribute matters. And especially practically in this season of COVID and people needing to pull out last minute if they're ill. So often it helps if we have more people. That's one of the ways that we can be more and more healthy. And that's something we want to build into who we are as a church. That people can serve from a place of wanting to do it as worship. And we remove any pressure to have to do it as a job. But currently, if I'm being honest, we've we've done the stats. About 30% of our regular adult members in church serve. And I don't say that to shame anyone. I don't say that for anyone to be like, oh, that, that's me. I'm, I'm a part of the problem. I feel so bad, Jono. I'll serve now. I'll serve. That's the exact opposite of what we're going for. But I say that to, to provoke the question, what if we doubled that? What if we flipped that statistic to 60% of available adult members in church were serving in some way, shape, or form? For some of us, maybe that's once a month. For some of us, maybe that's less. For some of us, maybe that's more. But, but what could you support? Where are we as a church at the moment trying to lift something as a hand with only the the strength of a finger? Who could we reach? What new initiatives could we start to bless our city? We always wanna make sure that we're operating in a sustainable way that values people. And one of the big ways that we can do that is when we all pitch in a little bit. Again, to go to the pack in, pack out example, we've seen it again and again. To be honest, some pack ins and pack outs, there's not enough people and it's hard work. And, and there's, there's a bunch of people who are just running themselves ragged trying to get all of the stuff out of the truck and all of the stuff set up and, and it's go, go, go right up until we start the service. And that's not the way that we want to do it. That's not honoring the people who are doing it. That's not putting them in a good position. Often they're the, the creative team, they're on production, they're preaching a message. We don't want people to just roll into what they're doing without a moment to stop and to reflect. And then there are other Sundays where we have more than enough people. And something that took us right up until the time one week will be done with half an hour to spare and there's room and there's space and the only thing that changed was just a few more people coming along and lifting some boxes a few more people just pitching in their weight same amount of stuff to unpack same amount of stuff to do but a whole lot more fun in doing it because we did it together there were more people lifting the same weight what's heavy for a few is light for many So I want to say, please, we want you to serve as an act of worship, not because it gets a job done, but I also want to acknowledge that when we all serve, it's better for all of us. In a minute, we're going to finish, and and as we do, the, the band's going to facilitate a moment of reflection. But today, really, my intent was to make it as easy as possible to get involved. And so the hosts, they've got uh, some sign-out sheets, which we're going to start handing out now. And and on these sheets is is basically just an opportunity to say, hey, I'm interested in serving in one of these teams. On the bottom of the sheet is also a QR code. And you can scan that QR code and it'll take you to uh, our our church center app. And there's a form to fill out. And and again, just says the same thing. Hey, I'm interested in it. If you're like, I don't have a pen. I don't know what to do with this form. 
There's also a QR code behind me. I don't know if that'll work or not with technology. You can try zooming on it if you want. It should take you to the same place. If you're online today, hopefully you'll see the QR code. You can get that. Otherwise, if you go into the Church Center app on events, uh, there's an event there called Sign Up Sunday. And I want to say this form is not like, we are not seeking to compel anyone to do anything. We tossed and turned and ummed and ahed about, hey, is this the way that we want to do this? But, but what we wanted to do is to make it as easy as possible to opt in. And maybe today you want to take a form and you want to go home and you want to think about it. That's entirely fine. Maybe today you're like, I don't need to go think about it. I know I'm not serving. This is not the right moment for me. This is, I'm just here to, to just be a part of church. That's fine. You are welcome as long as that's how you need to be. But for those of us, and there's been plenty that I've had conversations with who've been saying, I want to get involved. I just haven't got around to it yet. We want to put action in our hands. I also want to say filling out this form isn't a commitment. On the form it says, I want to serve in this team, but everywhere else we've amended the language to say, I'm interested in this area. Just saying, hey, this seems like a place that maybe I could contribute something. I want to be serving in some sort of way. Maybe this is a good area for me and someone's going to get in touch and, and find out, you can find out a little bit more about what that space is, what we do. But ultimately, please, I want you to, I want you to understand with me that there is no pressure to make a decision, that no one has to do anything, but based on your feedback, we wanted to really intentionally create a space, a moment in which it's easy to start. Another moment, another month, another term, another year wouldn't roll by in which you didn't get around to doing something you'd meant to. Just as the, as the cards are distributed, I know that almost everyone's got one now. Before we go into a moment of, of reflection, a moment of considering what God might have us do. I wanna reiterate that God's love for you has nothing to do with if you serve or not. That the message of the gospel is quite simply that Jesus came to us in our sin and redeemed us. And today you could never serve a day in your life anywhere. And Jesus still died for you and God still loves you. And so today, if you're here, just as we bow our heads, as we close our eyes, you've heard me speaking of this Jesus who came to, to serve, not be served, to give his life away in exchange for the many who are held hostage. I wanna be clear that you know that, that he came for you. That today, no matter what you do or don't do, he came for you and he loved you and that there's an opportunity to accept his sacrifice on your behalf. And so his head's about, his eyes are closed. In this moment where it's just you and God, if you're here today and, and you know that you're not trusting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, maybe you've even been thinking, oh no, I, I, I can't respond yet because I'm not, I'm not earning my way in. I'm not contributing, I'm not serving. I haven't, I haven't done what I think I need to do to be a part of this community. I wanna remove you of those notions. You don't need to do anything to respond to Jesus. Today he's simply here and he's telling you he loves you and he's for you. And so if you know that you're here and you, you're asking yourself to be God, you're not trusting Him as your Lord and Savior. His heads are bowed and His eyes are closed. If you wanna pray a prayer with me to choose to follow Jesus, to make an intentional decision today to change the trajectory of your life, His heads are bowed, His eyes are closed. If that's you, would you raise your hand up nice and high? Three, two, one. If that's you here today and you wanna pray this prayer with me for the first time or as a recommitment online, here in the room, when you raise your hand and let me know. Awesome. Awesome, church, can you repeat this prayer after me? Jesus, today I choose to follow you. Thank you that your love for me is not based in anything I do or don't do. Today 
I choose to place my faith in you. I love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, like I said, in a moment, if I want you to stand to your feet, the band's going to lead us in, in a song. And, and really, I do want to be clear. I think I've said that enough that hopefully you understand. I'm trying to be clear that we do believe that serving is good for you. We believe that serving is something that Jesus calls us to do, that when we serve, we step into something of the character of Christ. And we believe that serving is good for us, that when we serve together, we can do more together as a body than we could ever do on our own. That's why I serve, but ultimately it has to be your conviction. We don't want anyone serving from compulsion. We believe that done right, serving can be worship. It can be something that we really enjoy, but that when done wrong, it can be the exact opposite. And we don't want to do the right thing for the wrong reason. So just before we go into this moment of reflection, which I would ask you to simply ask God, what would you have me do? I'd love to pray for us, that God would be with us in this room, that He would be speaking. When you bow your heads, let's close your eyes. God, today we ask that, that your Spirit would, God, would stir in us. God, we ask today that you would give us the, the faith to do what you've uniquely created us to do, to, to be who you've uniquely made us to be, but that also today we would embrace the truth that we are irreplaceable, that we are so loved by you regardless of what we do, that we are called to be a part of your body as your body in this world, God, and we pray for peace. God, where there are people in this room today who've been hurt by serving, who, who serving is a, a tender topic for them, God, we pray that, that you would be with us. God, that, that you would mend hearts in the way that only you can. God, that maybe for those of us who've been hurt but haven't told anyone that today we would simply be bold enough to say, hey, I'm actually, this is tough for me. For those of us who've been hanging back, waiting for a moment, I pray for the encouragement that maybe today is our day to step forward. But ultimately, God, I pray that, that you would be with us as we come to you and ask, God, what would you have me do? Thank you that you love us, that you're for us. Help us to continue to follow you as we seek to be more like you here and now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. 